Have you ever wondered what the heck is next for me? I hear a lot of women say they don't have what it takes to start something new or they are too old, but many women overcome all kinds of obstacles and then go on to something even better. Over the years, I've worked a lot of traditional jobs as well as direct sales businesses, but never realized the success I was hoping for until I released my emotional baggage. Once I had cracked the code of my emotions, I knew I could help other women do the same. Join us here as we chat with female experts as they share their inspirational stories and challenges in business and life, because it is never too late. I'm your host, Cora Naylor, and this is the Crack the Code podcast. Many of you might not know, but you can use art as a healing tool. Welcome back to the Crack the Code podcast. With I'm your host, Cora Naylor, and I'm super excited to invite two guests on today, a mother and daughter team. The first one is Claire Jones, who is a 60-year-old Black, invisibly disabled domestic violence survivor, cancer survivor, creative Buddhist, a Mount Holyoke Francis Perkins scholar who is the co-founder of mother-daughter business Sista Creatives Rising and co-creator of Art and Mind, a virtual event showcasing underrepresented women and femme artists. Amaranthia Sepia is Claire's daughter. She's a 23-year-old Black invisibly disabled coordinator, creative Black mental health advocate, co-founder of Sista Creatives Rising and co-creator of Art and Mind. So welcome, Claire and Amaranthia. Hi, thank you. Thank you. So excited to chat with you ladies today. Um, And maybe we can just start off a little bit, definitely be getting into what you're doing now. But maybe we can give the listeners a little history about how we even got here. Maybe we can start with you, Claire, because you've been around a little bit longer. And then we can talk about how Amaranthia got involved. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, I was born in Barbados and I was raised in a domestic violence family. And I, for most of my life, young life, that is what I experienced until I turned 13, 13 years old. And my finally broke and the family split up for good because it was just... Mm -hmm back and forth for so many years and it was very traumatic and during that time um, that was 13 puberty so I was just determined that somehow I was going to find a way to help my mom somehow I was going to make it I was going to go to college and I was going to become a writer and I was going to find a way to get back and help my mom and by 15 I dropped out of high school because my mom had gone back again. And this time the beating got so bad, totally ruptured everything. And it was really the most, one of the most dramatic events for me in my young life. I dropped out of school. I became very rebellious. And I, my mom tried to get me to go to um, school outside, classes outside, but I just felt I didn't need that. And I just, but in my heart, I always felt that I wanted to do this mission of mine. And I just kept going, but I just became caught up in life. 
any young man that opened their arms to me, I would rush to them. So I got became very promiscuous and got into relationships. And it just went like that until I got in my early 20s. And then I got an opportunity to leave the island. And I said, you know what, this is my chance for me to follow my dream. And I got over to Canada working as a housekeeper. That didn't work out. And I crossed over to the U.S. And I had a visa. The situation in Canada was very, was unbelievable because people I worked with, they wanted to keep my passport without letting me go. Mm. And I, no, I'm not going to do this. Found another job that didn't work out. So I crossed over with American visa and I overstayed. And that was where the trouble began because I made a bad decision. And I stayed in the, you know, on the ground for a few years and I got married and then got divorced in the middle of it. And I just, one day I was in the subway and I found this, this person came up to me and suddenly and said to me after it was a week before I had tried to commit suicide because I was like, you know, I have to get out of this and life is not working for me. So I tried to commit suicide. I didn't believe in God anymore. This Christian God, my mom had introduced me to. And I said, I'm done. And a week later, I got out of, I came out of that and I went back into my life, went back into life. And I was in subway and this guy came up to me and said, do you know about Nami Horenge Kyo? And I said, what is that? He told me it was a chant and he said, say it. This, if you say it, it's going to change your life. I was like, oh, whatever. So I said the chant. Immediately, I felt like a lightning strike come through my body. I asked him, what was that? He said, you just changed your life. And it did. From that mm-hmm. moment onward, I joined with the Buddhist members that he introduced me to. And my life just, I started to chant. And every time I chanted, it got better. I then learned that Tina Turner did the same thing. And she was able to get out of her relationship mm-hmm. with her husband and overcame domestic violence. She's a member. And I also learned another member who had been on heroin was able to save her life by doing that as well. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And with that, I did it. And I was it. they told me to take responsibility for my life. I went back to Barbados and faced the visa problem, got that fixed. And I came back and I ended up in college and started my degree towards this goal of making making sure that I could help my mom and women like her. And it's brought me all the way here. I graduated from Mount Holyoke as a Francis Bergen scholar. It brought me all the way here with my daughter who was born later and wow. um, to create. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's so amazing that that you were always able, even with all the things, the challenges that you were going through, to see that there was going to be some other possibility and that you were able to let me see that because a lot of people can go through those circumstances and then not, you can use that either as an excuse or a reason, right, to move forward. And you really chose to go forward with it. That's so amazing. Um, I I can't believe uh, just an incredible story that you have. And then, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Amaranthia, so it must be interesting to be raised by a mom like that, because you must have, (laughs) you know, to have that experience because, you know, no matter what you're going to be going through, your mom's going to be like, well, I've been there and done way worse than that, you know, ex- you know, gone through more than that. So what was that like as you, for you 
as a young girl being raised with a powerful mom like that, like your mom? Yeah, such a good question. I, well, when I was little, I had a lot of health issues. I'm now diagnosed with dealing with chronic illness. It's still trying to figure out what exactly is going on. And I live complex PTSD, agoraphobia, and panic disorder. And we're both diagnosed with the same thing. And it's because of, you know, her experience surviving domestic violence and passed um, on to trauma. Yeah. And also I, when I was growing up, I was bullied a lot. So we live in New England. Currently we live in New Hampshire and my mom was always my advocate and she always fought for me. So when the bullying happened, which was based on my race because of how I of my hair, I have long locks and also just my mom being an immigrant and just being very different in our community. I had to fight to to survive in these communities and being usually the only black girl a lot of times. And so she always taught me to stand up for myself and self-advocate. And sometimes it was very difficult because I'm very quiet kid I was very shy and like giving eye contact I didn't like talking to people and over time this is where the art comes in because of her work that she did in college at Mount Holyoke she had a project called Shadows of Voodoo and it was it was a play showcasing the issues of intergenerational trauma in Barbados and domestic violence and how that those behaviors were passed down from uh the trauma of slavery and the trauma of of just being colonized and things like that. So she was able to get awards for this Mm -hmm. play. And that was, and she raised money for women who were um, survivors of domestic violence. And so when I was being bullied, especially after we we lived in Japan for a couple of years, like two years when I was little, and then we moved to back to New England, eventually ended up in New Hampshire and art was my saving grace. And because she always taught me about how art helped her, writing helped her, I was able to then realize, oh, I can do art, I can draw, I can paint, I could tell stories, create characters to tell my experiences and to heal. And that led to me having this art show in fifth grade when the bullying really got was getting bad. And my art teacher saw, saw my work and was like, I need to showcase this because um, of what was happening to me. And you advocated and said, yes, this would really help her because of the bullying. So I did that and all these kids were amazed by it. And I was like, okay, I need art is my life. Like this is my life goal to be an artist. I continued doing that and used it to advocate against bullying. And we started doing that work together through mm-hmm. doing, um, I'm proud of who I am, not virtual, a moving art show that went around the, the whole county that we're in to different libraries. And from then we were, realizing we can combine our advocacy work. And that was like, I was 13, 14 mm-hmm. when we started the project. But I started doing this art since I was like seven, eight years old. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's amazing. And there's so many different kinds of art, like you say, it can be the writing or in drawing or just any kind of things. It's amazing how that creativity can heal you in so for so many other ways. And then, Claire, when did the cancer part come into it? Because you say in your bio, you're a cancer survivor. Is that re- more recent? That Yes. In, well, 50. 50 is when everything started for me. I felt Louise here, who I really love, she has the same way she said, if you say 
if you say that you're going to be middle-aged at 40, that's when it's going to happen. So don't say it. Mm. I always said I'm going to be middle-aged at 50. 50 is when I it started because I said I was going to be middle-aged. So then I started like aging. And with that age came like this dark night of the soul. My dark night of the soul began and it lasted for 10 years. At 50, 51, 52, I learned that I had this marker for something called multiple myeloma. And I was in menopause. I was menopausal and all, all these things in the mix. So when they did this blood test, they found that I had this marker, this high protein or something that was the marker. And it devastated me. And from then, from that time, I had to be going for tests all the time. I had to get skeletal, skeletal x-ray and all these different tests. And the numbers were high. And I, I just started losing weight and just all these changes happening over the years. And I was also very burnt out. I'm very, all the trauma was accumulating and the years I had spent taking care of her too with what was happening with her. And I was just very overwhelmed. And they say that that's the, you know, I met a healer who helped me get through a lot of these things. And he told me like, if you have this opening in your being you're burnt out, you're you've lost energy and stuff. There's opening that these things can come in, right? And around the end of last year, it was at the end of last year. Oh, when, oh last year, about- last year, the pandemic started and a lot mm-hmm, of yeah. stuff happened. My husband lost his job. Stop being able to go to your appointments. I stopped being. I couldn't go to my cancer appointments for mm-hmm. them to get done. And you know, we our house we had problems because he lost his job and I had to do all this the mortgage people I had to go on this special plan so for people who went in COVID and were about to lose their home mm-hmm. and had that whole year I spent dealing with a lot of stuff and by the end of the year I was so I was so exhausted the end of 2021 2021 I was so exhausted we had done our first show the last the year before uh, the I'd first done, the first art in mind exactly yeah. the first mm-hmm. art in okay. mind business course I had done all this stuff and then 2021 hit and I was just so tired by the end of the year, uh, 2022. 2022, by the end of 2022, I just was just so exhausted and I felt this tiredness coming on and I was sleeping all the time and I just kind of threw it off and then oh, it was like November, 2021, not 2020, 2021, right. So they all come mm, together. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of December, 2021, I learned that my mom had passed. And we were estranged. I had stopped mm. talking to family in Barbados. And that devastated me because I couldn't go to see her. I didn't have any money. And I was also very exhausted all the time. And then January of 2022 came in. I still felt that tiredness. And all of a sudden, we thought it was menopausal. I did the tests and my estrogen was through the roof. And the doctor told me, this is really strange. And then I couldn't eat any foods with histamine or... Citric acid, everything has some oh, citric wow. acid yeah. in a minute. So yeah. I couldn't eat anything. And then I just, in the March 18th, I just started losing my mobility. Mm. And it just went in that week. And by the 24th, I had fallen down. And I around the t- between the 18th and 24th, I fell. And I just woke up one day, couldn't, my leg couldn't move. I dragged myself across the floor. And then I ended up 
my bladder just gave and I ended up in the bathroom and I pulled myself up on the toilet and I sat there for like from four to like seven and then I found I was like this is not happening this is not happening this is not happening and I was losing mobility the whole time at seven o'clock I realized I gotta tell Amarantia so I yelled for her she came and I said I have to get to the hospital and by the 25th I got in the hospital I was in they told me I had this massive growth emergency surgery I could lose my mobility 50 percent chance and mm-hmm. I had to go for emergency surgery and it brought me all the way to doing that surgery and I came out and I moved when they thought I wouldn't move and immediately, immediately and then they said you're in the one percent chance of walking again so we got to move and they put me in rehab for three weeks and that ended up I was there for three weeks and then I came home in April and it brought me all the way here. Wow. And I got into remission in October and now I'm walking again with can assistance. Good but for that you. Was my last year. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, you are an amazing lady, Claire. I can't believe all the things that you've been through and you're one of the most positive people I've ever met for considering <laughs> your past. Thank you. That's what, yeah. that's what a lot of the nurses, they wanted to come to my room. They were like, we love coming here because you have the oils. You yeah. see, your room smells good. You're always laughing. You're always smiling. And I would always look for something positive to say about the nurses. Yeah. You're here. I like your uniform today. And they love coming into my room because they all said I was so positive. Yes. I mean, I mean look at the difference that's made. I imagine if yeah. you weren't that positive once you went through the cancer experience like that might have been a totally different experience for you. If you exactly. weren't the person that you are, for sure. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. I, I saw myself sitting in a lotus flower the whole time. The lotus represents my practice. Mm-hmm. So I could see myself sitting in a lotus flower the whole time. And if you know the symbolism of the lotus flower, is that it sits in the mud, but it doesn't get defiled by the mud. Right. And, and it seeds and it flowers at the same time. Karma. So I saw myself sitting there and the mud was all that was going on around me and I never let it touch me. So that was a visualization I had throughout the whole process. Yeah. Oh. Yes. And I still do today. So powerful. That's so amazing. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. Yeah. So how did you ladies come up with this name, your sister creatives rising? That's such an interesting name for your organization. Oh, yeah. It's it's still like in the beginning of becoming a, Developing, a yes. business. Yeah. We're going to be doing some consultations and figuring out like, how do we really bring it to fruition? So it's not quite business yet, not, mm-hmm. not quite organization just yet. Mm-hmm. But you came up with the name. I think it started with well, we book. Were, yeah, I had this. I've been writing this book and I actually finished it. But now I realize I didn't really finish it because now I have to go out. Yeah. <laughs> other thing so I'm still working that but we did this course in 2021 and it was about what was it it was about it it was about thought leadership leadership and how to present yourself as speaker writer whatever as a creative and um, we did it for a couple months and that was in that course we were able to come up with the title of what we wanted to we had to come up with what we were going to call our business okay. and my book is called survive the survivors an emigrant spiritual journey to legitimacy and okay. somehow we took sisters from that mm-hmm. and the survivors become rising because we see ourselves as still rising of still 
you know, we're not there yet. Yeah. It's like an ongoing, pro- it's an ongoing uh, process. process. Yes. And the women we want to help, they're, we want to, them to see themselves as rising and ongoing as well. So it, that is how it came up through that course. Yeah. And we just decided this was the name. That's awesome. You know, yeah. We're creating. Yeah. And I love that because I know even with myself, like we're constantly evolving and moving. There's no, you know, you're not just set in one spot. It's a exactly. continual movement. So where do you guys see your business growing? What types of things are you going to be doing? So right now, well, going back to 2021, we had our first Art and Mind show and that was called Reflections of Woman, Femmes and Our Mental Health during COVID. And we had like, I think a total of like 11 artists or creatives and we showcased their stories and through like this two hour virtual event partnered with Brain Arts and we raised funds for them, their organization in Boston that helps marginalized artists and creatives. And that's what made us realize we need to create sister creatives rising mm-hmm. to have something to put art and mind under. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. And so we relaunched in January, sister creatives rising because we tried to launch the week my mom was hospitalized. Yes. So it's like the day after launching, she was oh, losing her mobility. All in. Yeah. So relaunched this January and the goal now is to continue doing these art and mind shows um, we have like a 12, maybe even 13 person team now, about a dozen people pulling together the next art in mind. Yes. And our is, goal is to make sure artists are paid and our team is paid. Yes. Right. So Brain Arts is a sponsor mm-hmm. and partner with us, um, along with another organization called Dancing Queerly Boston. And still looking for more sponsors, but those are our main ones. And we're fundraising for Brain Arts again. And Brain Arts is uh, helping us with funds to be able to pay five artists mm-hmm. um about 200 each yes and so when we do our open call and this year it's going to be called i know who i am it will be celebrating black women and femmes who have gone through crises like my mom and like what i have gone through and telling their stories and showing that despite these crises they're healing and they're finding using art to tell their stories to heal spiritually emotionally even you know physically yes and sure. so with that event That'll be in October, but we're pulling that together, creating uh, documentaries, telling their stories. So 20 minute documentary with these five artists, a documentary with my mom telling her story. She documented it the whole time I was going through the hospital. Exactly. uh, Yeah. And then we have a a short film that we're putting together with poetry and a dancer. And, and that's fair. Also being sponsored by Dancing Queerly, who's gonna yeah, Dancing Queerly is helping with that. And we have a composer that's gonna be pulling everything together she's from and, Australia. Yeah, we have a totally <laughs> international team, people from awesome. all over. Yeah, and different parts of the U.S. And so, very excited to pull that together yes. and get that open call started in June. And then we're hoping to go into consulting and being able to help women and femmes tell their stories and give them resources or collaborate with them to get their work out. Because the whole goal is helping these women be seen in the arts because we're not seen. It's like percent of uh, artists and galleries are are white men. So we don't get to see these people. So that's the kind of the whole premise is to be shared that these people exist and they need to be paid. Yeah, that's awesome. And we, I'm part of our. I'm also beginning to go out on the speaking circuit to share this story, and I yeah. want to get my book published. Looking yeah. for public for that book as well. So we awesome. have a lot of different things. Yeah, going on. Well, 
that's amazing. Like I said, you two ladies are so inspirational and amazing. I'm so happy to have had you on the show today. <laughs> if anyone that's listening wants to get in touch with you to, you know, help you out or do some more collaborating or learn more about what you're doing, what's the best way? Well, of course, have everything in the show notes, but just for if they're listening and they don't have time to get to their computer or their phone right now, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Like so website? Our email- email yeah yeah our um email is info at sistercreativesrising.com we have our website sistercreativesrising.com our instagram is the same sistercreativesrising linkedin same sistercreativesrising all right yeah okay so anywhere yeah we have a newsletter yes you can subscribe on our website all right for more information that's so fantastic. Again, ladies, thank you for sharing your part of your story and what you're up to. It's amazing. I know you guys are going to be doing amazing things going forward. And just to the listeners, you know, if you have gone through anything like these ladies or even not, and you're not sure about what you want to do going forward, just know that there are others out there that are doing it and you can too, because it's never too late. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. Visit my website, coranaylor.com to learn more about the Emotion Code or sign up for my free virtual co-working sessions. <laughs>